Thanks, Ray, and good morning, everybody. And you, you nailed it on the head. I mean, this is uh, one of my favorite films, and, and it's generally regarded uh, all these many decades later as the greatest film ever made. Um, it was directed by Orson Welles. It was written by Herman Mankiewicz and Orson Welles. It did win an Oscar for screenplay, uh, but that's the only Oscar it won. It was nominated for a whole bunch of others, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Cinematography, Editing, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, but it was um, actually booed at the Oscars, and I'll tell you that story in just a minute. For those who are curious, uh, it ended up losing to How Green Was My Valley, directed by John Ford, who won an Oscar as well. So uh shows you how history can be fickle, because we don't really talk that much these days about How Green Was My Valley, um, but yet Citizen Kane endures. <clears throat> and as, as I was saying, I think one of the problems with talking about Citizen Kane is that it it is subject to the weight of that moniker of greatest film of all time. And a lot of times when people see it today, uh, they're expecting that and they come out going, well, I, you know, I don't, I'm, I mean, it was okay, but what's so great about it? And you have to understand that so much of what makes Kane great is its innovations of visually and narratively. It was um, one of the first films that used deep focus photography, which was developed for this uh uh, this movie. Uh, it used a, a non-linear narrative, which was unusual at the time. There was a lot of different kinds of camera angles and, and, and time jumps. And a, a lot of things that we sort of take for granted today were all kind of put together and used in Citizen Kane. Not necessarily always invented for the film, I want to be clear about that, but kind of all culminating into this one great, amazing debut film. I'll, I'll say this was Orson Welles' first film. Uh, he was a wonderkin. Those may remember the story of how he uh, did the radio play of War of the Worlds in 1938 and kind of set the country on fire, scared the bejesus out of everybody when uh, he uh, they, they uh, broadcast a Martian landing and everyone thought it was real. Well, that kind of garnered him a lot of publicity, and Hollywood gave him a sweetheart deal to do some films, then he had total control, which was very, it's very unusual today, but it was very unusual at the time. Uh, so a lot of people were jealous of him, and a lot of people uh, said, oh, who's this kid coming into Hollywood? He gets this sweetheart deal, and they didn't really like him. Uh, and that's why uh, he was kind of, you know, the, a lot of the, the, the film was booed at the Academy Awards that year. One of the great, um, or, or one of the uh, other interesting parts of this is the film is, is loosely based on um, the life of William Randolph Hearst, the, the rich uh, publishing magnate. And there's some other uh, people involved in, you know, that, that are uh, uh, borrowed for the story as well, but generally it's regarded as, as sort of Hearst. And, of course, Hearst was a very powerful man, and he did not like his uh, what he perceived as being his life sort of depicted uh, on, the, on screen like this. So he worked very hard behind the scenes, to get rid of the film at first and then discredit the film. Uh, in fact, and this is kind of crazy when you think about it, he offered the studio, RKO, the full budget, to pay the full budget of the film to destroy it. Mm. Now imagine that. If, you, like, if, if uh, the other studios today were afraid of like the Avengers or something being too big for them, and they said, well, we'll pay you just to, to get rid of it. Uh, <laughs> that's how um, controversial this was at the time. Joe, the the plot itself is very interesting for people that don't know the movie because it is so old. 
and, and Joe's talked about how highly regarded it is. It's a plot where you come from this, you rise to fame, the scandals that might come along with it, and then your mistakes, and then you end your life. That's basically the plot line, correct? Yeah, I mean, the, it's, it's the story of Charles Foster Kane, who was born, you know, with very modest beginnings and inherited this uh, mother load uh, uh, mining, mining uh, riches and became one of the, or if not the most powerful publishing person in the world. And he had newspapers all over the country. Uh, and it's the story of how he, and it's told from different perspectives. It's told from all these different perspectives of people that knew and loved games or at least we're friends with him, and it's kind of patchwork. So we go back in time, we go forward in time, we, we do the, you know, and so on and so forth. So it's kind of, you know, stuff like um, a Pulp Fiction uh, is, it has a lot of uh, uh, allegiance to Citizen Kane, that kind of different sort of narrative storytelling. So it goes back and forth in time. It's, it's really an interesting narrative. Uh, it's really about looking for something meaningful in someone's life. And it also is sort of a, um, you know, a, a satire, if you will, on the influence of media, which is very relevant today. So if you watch it today, um, it's, it's very relevant in its message about uh, sort of the, how media works and how media can be influential. As you mentioned, Orson Welles, the star in the movie, the casting going back in time, I saw... Agnes Moorhead in this movie, huh? Yeah, Agnes Moorhead, for those who may remember, played uh, Endora on Bewitched, the, the wacky mother-in-law. Um, and she is in this movie. There's not a lot to talk about with casting here because hmm. Wells used all of his uh, radio um, actors. Uh, he These were all the Mercury Theater troupe, which he had founded when he was only 21 years old. So all of these films, and it even says on the film, most of these actors are introduced to uh, movies for the first time, so there's not a lot of known people in this, and they were all radio actors. I guess perhaps Joseph Cotton is maybe the biggest star to come out of this, besides Wells himself. But uh, it's a really great cast. They're just not all that well-known. Citizen Kane, highly regarded movie, 1941. Many consider it the best film ever made and that's film school today you can check it out the film study professor joe fortunato will have this posted at wakr.net joe my friend have a great weekend great review today we'll reconnect again next friday thanks joe thanks ray let me just say one thing real quick plug here sure uh, for those who don't know jaws is being re-released this weekend and all this week on the big screen so take advantage of that and go see a classic movie on the big screen the way it's meant to be